What's going on, folks? Welcome to the Upright Health Podcast. This is Matthew, your host, and in today's episode, I get to introduce you to a conversation I had with Matt Shu about how many reps we should each be doing in our training programs. Is there a right number of reps? How do you know what it is? Are you curious? Listen in, because we're going to go through all of it, as well as some tips and tools to be able to identify the right number of reps for you. So, Mr. Shu, what is the best number of reps to have progress in training? Well, Matthew Adams, the best number of reps, I think. Well, I don't know. You know, there's a lot to choose from. There's five by five. <laughs> we could do th- five sets of five. We could do three sets of five. We could do three sets of eight to 12. We could do four sets of two. We could do five sets of 10. What about 20 sets of one? We could do 20 sets of one. That's really more of a Vincent <laughs> Doe kind of <laughs> tactic. But that does also work. Um, so, you know, we could do all of these, I think. Um, but I think the thing that we should talk about here is the fact that all of them sometimes work. (laughs) And I think that's the part that confuses people the most. All right. Well, if all of the reps can work, what should we be focusing on when we're approaching our training and our exercise? Uh, So what we really want to think about when we're training is not just how many reps, right? This is probably the most asked question we get on our YouTube channel, right? How long should I hold it for? And how many times should I do it in in the day? What we should be focusing on is how does it feel for you and what are you trying to accomplish? So I think those two ideas should guide how you do any exercise. And... Um, once you have those answered for yourself, then it's, is this working the way I intended? So, um, starting strength and, and I forgot the name of the, uh, other, oh, it's just five by five. There's a (laughs) program called five by five, um, where you're doing five sets of five of a bunch of powerlifting exercises. Um, those work for some people. I think something like five by five can especially work really well for somebody who's young and has time to rest and eat well. And, you know, they can really focus on lifting heavy and doing, you know, all their exercises. Um, And that can work for that young person. But if you're, let's say you're 45 years old and you have 30 minutes a day, that's free and your hip mobility is terrible and your shoulder mobility is terrible you don't eat well, you had two kids, you know, you just have a lot of stress. Sleep is a thing of the past. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you sleep four hours a night. Um, that, that same rep scheme that works for the younger person who doesn't have as many responsibilities may not work for you. And so you may need to adjust, right, and think about whether, is this, you know, is this working for me or do I need to say maybe cut it down? Maybe I should just do three sets, right? So when you think of that, what are some tools that you might provide to someone 
that allows an individual to realize if what they're doing is working or not and when you should adjust? Um, I think one tool that can be helpful is just keeping a journal of some kind, a training journal or, um, you know, uh, uh, just, yeah, a log of what you've been doing and then also a log of how you feel in relationship to what you have been doing. That seems to work well for some people. Um, I know for me, I, I just generally, I like to just mentally take stock all the time and just say, am I feeling better or worse? If I'm not feeling better, what do I need? What did I just do in the last day or two? And what can I do differently to make that less bad? Right. I think one of the things that pops up for me in regards to all this is the idea of no pain, no gain. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for a lot of people that I've worked with, uh, inclusive of myself, kind of get this mentality that we should feel some amount of pain in association with the workout to know that we're getting something out of it. Right. And that's definitely something that I've found personally as I've gone further and further away from that mentality. I actually get more and more out of my workouts. And not just from like a freedom of movement, but actually from an aesthetics point standpoint mm. as well. It's my body actually looks better as it feels better, which is kind of an interesting thing. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything, but since, you know, we're tooting your horn, yes, you are looking very aesthetic. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh, thank you, sir. Um, I, it's funny because actually over the weekend, just before, you know, we're, we sat down this morning, it's a Monday morning, um, this weekend I was thinking about that because, um, you know, I was working out in the garage, working on different skills, and I was like, hey, I can do this all of a sudden. And it's not like I've been beating myself up, like I'm all sore now from doing the same exercise over and over again. I've only been working on this one thing like a couple times a week and for maybe like five minutes at a time. And all of a sudden, hey, I can like come out of this handstand position with a lot of control and like land. And I didn't really like my arms and shoulders feel much stronger, but I didn't really do that much to make that happen. Um, and there are very few uh, days now where I wake up feeling the way I did when I used to push harder which was just miserable. You know, you wake up and you're like, oh my God, I can't even lift up this bowl. <laughs> like, right, right. I, I think I need to stretch for six hours now. Yeah, like, yeah. So one of the one of the ideas that kind of governs my current training philosophy, and this may or may not change, but right now it's working pretty well, is the idea that when I'm approaching my workouts on a given day, I'm always thinking about being able to work out the next day. Right. Whether or not I'm going to work out the next day, as long as I treat my body with the intent of I'm not going to overdo it to the point where I couldn't do the same thing again tomorrow. Nice. Yep. And, you know, that does take some, you know, knowledge of what what that workout's going to feel like tomorrow, which is where the journaling and kind of attention to feeling and the ramifications of a given workout comes into play. But for me, that's been really powerful. And mm. I really like haven't been lifting anything that like I can't do pretty comfortably for a while. And I've continued to get stronger, which is, it's fun. It's fun. I like getting stronger. Yeah. It, it, it kind of dovetails with, um, 
Vincent uh, Vincent Doe's philosophy on how he lifts. I mean, he will literally lift. He'll do heavy bench pressing six days a week, right? At that twenty, you know, twenty sets of one, like we talked about earlier. But he's doing it at a fairly um, low intensity level. So I, I remember a couple of years ago watching him start doing this, where he just he'd always keep the weight kind of in a mid-range, uh, like 60 to 75% of his maximum, and he'd shoot more for the lower end to just keep himself refreshed, and he'd just do it over and over and over again, never never feeling like anything was tough or miserable, and then the numbers would just keep going up, keep going up, keep going up, keep going up, and to the point where now he's doing, you know, just a lot of weight for every strong one of his lifts. Strong guy, yeah. He's strong. Yeah. But you never, he's not breaking a sweat, you don't hear him grunting because it's not hard. He's never at a level that's particularly hard. Um, and it, it's, it's really, um, it's really a divergence from normal or conventional kind of fitness and exercise routines where you're trying to just batter yourself so you can't walk for the next three days. So I'm curious from your standpoint as a coach, how do you help someone get to the point where they can let go of the number? you know, be it reps or load, where do you start? You know, uh, one of the most common questions you probably hear me ask in a session is how does that feel and where do you feel it? Um, so I think it probably starts there. Is Like that's always the guiding principle. And then whenever we're working with somebody, they're, when they're given homework, we have sets and reps listed on their homework, but we also say you need to pay attention. If if this is too much, do less. Right? It it's not like rep schemes, sets and rep schemes are magic numbers. I I'm sure there is some magic for some people. Um, if you're like an elite level Olympic lifter, you're an elite level power lifter. It's probably extremely important to hit some of those numbers, but for the average Joe or Jill, it really doesn't matter, right? right? It's it's about how you feel and, you know, whether or not you're getting, you're moving in the direction you want to be moving. You don't, battering yourself to the point of, of, of being crippled doesn't get you to where you want to be any quicker. Right. Yeah. I think one of the things to look at just in regards to, you know, high-level athletes compared to general population is, high-level athletes are just doing what they're doing. Like their training is their job, is their life. Yep. And so they take rest and recovery just as seriously as they take their workouts. And like, if you look at like one of their training logs, like they're logging all of that stuff. It's what do I eat? When did I take my nap? When <laughs> did I have my 30 minute meditation session? And it's just a different approach that most of us self-included don't have the time right. to be able to do, nor yeah. really do I have the desire because that's right. it's yeah. a lot of work. <laughs> like, yeah. It's so, too much. It's yeah. too much. I think also um, uh, another side of that in terms of elite athletes um, that I've, I've seen with people who are elite athletes whether they're like minor in the minors or they're major league or they're you know pro football whatever like i've seen people in from various sports who are at high very high levels and competitive i've also seen like he was like i've seen rangers i've seen marines and navy seals so i consider all of those definitely elite level athletes absolutely um 
the thing that always gets my attention is how good they are at tuning out suffering. So, um, I'm a wuss when it comes to pain. So when my body starts talking to me, I start listening and like, oh, what does that mean? What can I do? But I mean, I remember clearly this one guy, um, his name was Patrick and he was, I think he was a ranger, uh, army ranger. And, um, and I asked him to do like a set of like glute bridges or, or single leg glute bridges. And, um, you know, he started doing them. And, uh, and normally I'll just look at somebody's face and just watch their face to see like, okay, now they need to stop and take a break. So I was watching his face, watching him do the exercise. The form was pretty good. Not a problem. It kept going. I'm counting in my head. I was like, mm somewhere around like 50 at this point but like i was pretty sure his glutes were not that strong but just watching him he kept going i was like is this tough at all for you and he's like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> zero expression <laughs> yeah i was like do you feel burn in the muscle he's like, oh yeah it's been burning for a while <laughs> i was like are you getting tired he's like i'm absolutely tired <laughs> well okay well take a rest and he's like oh okay and just stopped right yeah, so yeah. it happened a couple more times while i was working with him I, I would watch his face and you could see like his eyes change when it was time to do the suck right like, mm -hmm. to do the stuff that mm -hmm. he didn't want to do his or not necessarily didn't want to do he obviously clearly wanted to do it a lot but when his body was saying hey this is a lot he was just saying i don't hear that and we're gonna keep going right and that kind of brings us back to the, the no pain, no gain, because in each of the disciplines that you kind of mentioned, especially in the military, it's like <laughs> pain is just expected. It's yeah. like you need to be able to deal with pain and blot it out. And like pain doesn't exist for you anymore in this. Yeah. So I'm curious with someone like that who had, you know, so disassociated from his own sensations, how did you go about helping him to get in touch with what those sensations were and learn how to work with them. I mean, again, it, it comes down to just asking the annoying question over and over again. Mm -hmm. Like, how does that feel? And then also kind of guiding people to, guiding him, guiding people in general to think about what the sensation could be telling you. Right. And and that's, that's, um, that's actually an interesting process um, to see develop in somebody because a lot of people show up and they have no idea what anything means and they're constantly blocking out signals from their body. Um, and then over time they start to understand like, Oh, okay. When my shoulders start to do this, that means I've been sitting here too long or that means I'm not exercising my shoulders enough. Right. Or if my hip hurts, maybe I need to do this stretch. That's um, that it takes time to develop that knowledge. And then, how your what your body needs and how it communicates with you changes over time, so it's sort of like a messy process. But I, I you know, I, I think part of the job of any good movement coach is to gradually like get get the client to understand that there's nothing wrong with some of these signals, right? These pain signals are not bad things. It it is not fun necessarily to experience them but um, those things are there for a reason so that you can understand your own body better and treat it better right right and so that's i think the only way to do that is with experience and having 
you know, f for those that need it, having somebody there to just tell you, it's okay, you're going to be fine, but, you know, we need to learn from this patiently. Right. And it kind of, it speaks to both ends of the spectrum, right? Because you can be too, too taken away from feeling pain, too, uh, just too tolerant to pain. Right. And then you can also be too scared of pain. Right. Yeah. Right, because you know sensation like if you're going to work your muscles like at some point like they're going to burn like stuff's yep. not going to be comfortable and that's totally okay so long as you know where the line is at right least vaguely yeah vaguely know where that <laughs> line is and then grad you know you gradually understand what your line is so i i think you know to to bring it all back to like to bring it back to sets and reps right it's it is about understanding how to read your own body and read its responses. Um, I think for people who are just starting out, it's helpful to have some set and rep scheme. And whatever it is, if you're just starting out with exercise, then keep your intensity level a bit lower so that you have the time to develop your um, internal senses, your proprioception. So so if you had just kind of a catch-all, and I know there's not really a catch-all, but if you had to give a catch-all, just here, go do this if you're just starting out, what would you say? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, for stretches, um, in general, what we say is, you know, do like do two sets at least a minute. If we're talking about static stretching, sure. right? It's just at least a minute. Um, if we're talking about like any sort of exercise where you're, really engaging a muscle and just trying to get that muscle to work then that that actually depends on the on the exercise like if it's a more taxing full body thing then we'll probably keep it maybe like three sets of five to ten you know just feel it out maybe even less you know some people maybe it's just three sets of three or three sets of one just like get used to that motion depending on your own um, your own skill level with whatever that exercise is if it's something that's like more isolated, a lot of times, you know, if we're like focusing on just specific muscles around the shoulder, we'll probably do more, right? We might do like three sets of 10 um, because it's, you know, when you're going at smaller, more precise things, your body can probably handle more and probably needs more. Yeah. But having said that, there's no magic numbers. <laughs> You trapped me. <laughs> you tricked me. You tricked me. And you came back beautifully. <laughs> Any final words? Uh, no, I, I think we about covered it. I think. No, no, no. No to no final words. Yes, I have final words. Pay attention. I think that's, that's, that's the best advice I can give you. Pay attention. Don't get caught up in the numbers and listen to your body. And as always, remember, pain sucks. Life shouldn't. Thank you for tuning in to the Upright Health Podcast. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode and found it educational. If you are interested in pursuing more knowledge, check out uprighthealth.com forward slash DIY for a variety of do-it-yourself programs that you can do at home or in a gym on your own time. Also, please check out our YouTube channel, Upright Health, where you can find hundreds of free videos from our expert coaches. 
again, thank you for tuning in. I appreciate your time. And please, please remember, pain sucks. Life shouldn't.